Hi there, Jack McLean here and welcome to Prepare Like a Pro Live Chats. Prepare Like a Pro is a business that I created earlier in the year. We are a strength and conditioning business, working with male and female developing footballers all over the country. We're based in Melbourne and we specialise in structuring athletic development programs as well as physical preparation for off-season, pre-season and in-season training. It's going to invite Ace on, guys, tonight, sending over my invitation. There you go, Ace. Here he is. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for jumping on. No worries. I'll just go through your intro real quick and then we'll, we'll get cracking in, mate. So for those that don't know Ace, he played for the Brisbane Lions, which is in the AFL, has been involved in eight senior premierships and two senior coaching premierships. He was the fourth selection, so number 57 in the national, which was in 2008, leading up to in the 2017, uh, 2006. Yeah. Yeah, all Australians team. Um, played 20 AFL games, kicked 35 goals, was delisted at the end of 2013 where Tasmania, which is his home ground, where he announced as playing coach of the Glenorchy Football Club, uh, which is in the Tasmanian State League. In 2014, Against the Clarence at the Bell Reeve, Ove suffered a horrific injury, which we'll go into a little bit later on, but basically dislocated his knee and severed some blood vessels to which he potentially could have lost his... Thankfully, he didn't. Still got the legs, still moving around strong. Coached Glenarchy, plenty of success. Uh, coached him to a grand final win in 2016 after being runners-up for the last two years before that. And I was <coughs> lucky enough to meet Ace in 2018 when he was appointed the... <coughs> senior assistant coach uh, so he looked after the backs and he's currently the development coach of the box hill hawks so thanks again mate for jumping on we've got a few that have followed us now so we've got an audience let's start back at the beginning mate when did you fall in love with the game and at what age did you realize this is something that you you have the talent at that you're going to pursue to be an australian rules footballer yeah thanks very much for having me jack look it's a great question mate i think thought about this over the last 24 hours, bit of an insight to the questions, mate. I'd have to say early days would have been being in the sheds when my man played. He played a lot of footy in Tasmania and was a very good football player in his own right. And yeah, I just got a lot of old footy jumpers that were dads. And I reckon just being around the sheds and being involved in the footy teams that he was being involved in at the time. And I think I still will get a bit of a flashback from that when I smell a bit of deep heat. Yeah. My youth and kicking about the change room. So it started there. I played was kicked as most, uh, most people do at that sort of stage in their life. And from there, my family moved to the road that backs onto Glenorchy Football Club home ground. So I was only a stone's throw away. And much to my old man's disapproval, I ended up playing for Glenorchy, who were black and white. And the old man played for Norfolk, red, black and white. And there was a bit of a rivalry in, oh. back in the past. And yeah, so I, he always made me wear red undies when I played. So I had a little bit of red, white and black on. And we were some Kilda supporters, but came up through the ranks in Orkney. And I think the great opportunity in Tasmania that, that I was given was I was given many opportunities to play state league footy, represent Tasmania. I joined the under-15s program as a 14-year-old state program, which stayed in Tasmania at the time. It gave us exposure to AIS testing and then obviously yep. the elite coaches in the state. And then from there, I played two years of 15s, two years of 16s, two years of 18s. Lucky enough along the way to captain, we won a couple of championships got exposure and sort of early as I realised if I wanted to play AFL footy, I was going to have to move to the mainland. So I mm -hmm. directed a little bit of my life around that, you know, learning how to do some jobs around the house and my family were very supportive through that time. And 
yeah, I, I sort of early days, I was very torn between basketball and football. I think yeah, I was right. a pretty good basketballer and, and represented the state as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I sort of would have to say that I, I probably early days, I love basketball a lot more than I went away on an under-16s tournament to Perth and it cost mum two and a half grand. We, we were left, left sorry, to our own, own uh, basically left on our own a bit, uh, 16, 17, playing in this tournament. And that same month, I went away for under 16s football to uh, Queensland. Yeah. And it cost mum and dad 250 bucks. And we had about six yeah. coaches and about 10 support staff. And <laughs> I didn't have to strap my ankles. And you know, I just really enjoyed that. Got along with some, you know, some great guys there, made some ships. Uh, and Tom Collier, who ended up getting drafted to Brisbane as well, played in that side. Yeah. A few AFL guys. Big Tommy Bellchambers played in that one as well. Yeah. And I sort of fell yeah. in love with it from there. I still played a lot of basketball. But I think footy at that time became my main focus. and. I really wanted to be an AFL footy player. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, you finished playing at the end of that year and fully focused on your football for your, <clears throat> that 17, 18-year-old? Yeah, so, yeah, finished. So from that ball, I got picked up in the under-17s All-Australian side, which we were to travel. We were supposed to travel to Ireland, but there was obviously some, some altercation of the other side, and we ended up going to South Africa, which was a great experience. Played in one of the first, or played in the first game of Australian rules in South Africa, where it was Australia oh. versus South Africa. The score wasn't amazing. Yeah, I was going to uh, say how that guy. Oh, yeah, look, we had, we had Nick Natanui, Cochin. We had all these superstars of the game now. Even yeah. there's a lot of guys in that side that have gone on to make uh, fantastic outfield careers. And yeah, we got a bit of a touch experience, but we played uh, two waffle sides on the way over and on the way back. So fantastic. yeah, I was a part of that for a year. And then from there, missed out on the draft by, I think it was about 21 days, and then had another year back in Tassie. Played some VFL footy, so Tasmanian Devils were in the VFL at that stage. I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to uh, play yeah, VFL at 17, 18 years old under Darren Creswell. Got some exposure to that. Decided very late in the season. The Devils were in a bit of turmoil and I decided to go back to Glenorchy to be a part of their final series and, and played in back-to-back senior flags at Glenorchy. Yeah. Uh, again, it was a bit of a, at the right, you know, the right time, right time, right place. We had a great coach in David Newitt and some fantastic players and uh, yeah we won back-to-back flags so i was pretty chuffed with that and that, yeah. that made it uh, four in a row at that stage i played nine ends reserves and senior senior flags four years in a row so i was very lucky to lock in a of success <laughs> and we're lucky, hunting, you, lucky roll, your dad they played in i was just gonna say lucky yeah, your dad so they played, your dad uh, moved in moved into the yeah, right territory exactly right i got away from <laughs> norfolk and got away from there but yeah no as i say the club was was great to me i really enjoyed the time and probably end of the end of the day it made a fair bit of the decision to go back in 2014 after being delisted from brisbane so yeah yeah, that that was a bit of a story all the way through to there yeah it's home obviously and then the club was a great support and yeah i'm sure that that question will probably come shortly for sure for sure and so you mentioned a few names um along the way who would be standouts in terms of mentors or people that have heavily influenced your career throughout playing days and now coaching as well yeah uh, my family for, firstly my uh sister ria mother galen and father david early days they you know those guys were fantastic supports my sister's born on the 15th of december and i probably played about three grand finals on the same weekend as you know so she had to sacrifice that mum and dad had yeah. to sacrifice a lot financially and time wise Probably a little bit more so for basketball. There was a lot of travelling for basketball over the state, but they, they supported me and, and put me into these programs and allowed me to do that. So I'd definitely say, you know, my family were big influences. My old man certainly used to kick the footy at me every night and work on my hands and, you know, help out my game. And I used to dread playing a long way away from home. If we played an hour away from home, it was probably my least favourite place to play because I'd, I'd get a full report, match report on the way home and all, all the negatives that I'd done <laughs> and things that I needed to work on. 
He still critiqued me when I was coaching as well. He gave me a few pointers, but he's probably a cliche, but people do say it's, you know, he's, he's probably my best mate and he's been a great support for me. So along the way, there's a lot of coaches. I had some really, you know, really good coaches that influenced me and I took bits and pieces. And I certainly noticed once I started to coach what I, what I liked and didn't like from certain people and try yeah. to implement that into my coaching. Yep. And, yeah, you know, there's players, older guys. I remember Grant Birchall, he probably wouldn't know, but he, he was coming up. He was a couple of years above me, coming through the Tassie ranks. He looked up to these sorts of guys. You know, Jack Rewalt, again, was a year above me, two years above me. So you looked up to those guys along the way. And, again, you try to work little bits of their game into your game. And, yeah, I just I was lucky to be in the footy community down home because there's a lot of support and there's a lot of people. And, as I say, Dad had a pretty good career as well. So I was looked after in that aspect. Yeah, yeah, it seems from afar. Anyway, my dad's living in Tassie. From what he tells me, it's a pretty strong-knit community down there. And, yeah, it seemed to be plenty of support, like you're saying. There's also been a lot of talent that's come out of Tassie. Why do you reckon that is? Is it, from your experience, is it a strong development? Is it the community support? What What are some of the reasons you reckon that some good AFL footballs have come out of? And, and state league footballs as well. There's probably a few things to go with. You could say there's not much else to do. But no, look, you know, footy's, I, I basically, I think, even though, you know, time's moving forward, I think coming up when I was younger, you know, the girls that I went to school with either played netball, they danced, and the boys played footy or cricket in the summer. It was yeah. basically pretty simple as that. And we spent a lot of our lunch times kicking the footy to one another and, and sort of mucking around and building those, you know, early skills, both sides of your body judging space i think you know one of the reasons i was definitely the best part of my game was marking was the hours and hours of markings up that i used to play and and because yep. i was a bit taller the boys used to come after me and they probably probably worked out in my favor to you know make my hands stronger and been able to judge a pack and we did it used to do it on the old netball court which was asphalt so didn't want to go to ground so you know it worked on keep your, your feet on your balance and keep your feet but as far as tasmania goes look football is a part of the fabric down there there's mm. it's starting to change a little bit as i said but even going back to coach glenorchy the community's involved you know your family's involved your extended family's involved and it's just been great opportunity as i said before you know into you know i think i look I look back at under 16 state basketball in tasmania there was a hundred guys to choose from for the 11 spots to travel and yep. coming over here to Victoria Metro, we heard that there was 2,000 people trying out for 11 spots. So even though you know, there is great talent coming out of Tasmania, the, the opportunity to be exposed is a lot, a lot better. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of guys that I went to school with and girls that were multi-sport you know, state representatives. Yeah, right. Um, there's yeah, one girl that I went to school with, I think she was in track and field. She played state netball and there was also a state swimmer. So yeah, you know, there was opportunity yeah. to be in that. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, over here with the population, sometimes people slip through the cracks. I think I listened to you know Andrew Bogut's podcast and just the competitiveness of him trying to get into the Melbourne Melbourne teams, let alone making it to the NBA or the Australian side, was really surprising. And you know, definitely, I look back at my time in Tassie and I'm very thankful that I got to play a lot of state league, state you know, state representative sport. Yeah, and what were some of the highlights as a as a player? Like, what what did you enjoy the most of your time at Brisbane? I didn't really have that push myself. I, I sort of went off my own ability a lot instead of trying to really work hard and, and make my way into teams. When I got to Brisbane, I had to strip that back and, and work mm. on my aerobic capability and, and get stronger in the gym. And it took me a fair while to figure that out. And by the time I did figure that out, it was a bit too late. So I, I don't regret any time at Brisbane. I had, a, you know, it was a great experience. I grew up, I bought a house, I got to travel. 
we went to China to play footy. So I played footy in China against Melbourne. Um, got to go to America. I've been all over the country. And yeah, we, we played in four senior senior premierships in the NEFL, in the Brisbane yep. Lions reserves. Played a bunch of games in the reserves and, and lucky enough to get on the end of a few goals and, and then as well. So that was a great experience at Telstra Dome or Etihad Stadium against, against Colin Carlton, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, that was yeah, another yeah. great experience and definitely something that I'd cherish forever. Yeah, and I, I get the feeling I know where you'll go in this direction, but what would be your biggest challenge or as a player as your playing career? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a pretty bit of an easy one. There's probably two parts of that, though, Jack. There's, I would say, the, the biggest challenge for me was getting to Brisbane and having them strip me right back and basically, basically telling me that I wasn't strong enough and I and I couldn't, I couldn't run. That was a, sort of the first time that I'd faced that. As I said before, I'd, I'd played senior footy at, at 15. I played yeah, VFL like at 17. Just, yeah, I, I didn't really get knocked back I'll much when I get to yeah. Brisbane and. Yeah, and you and I'm sure you know what it's like. You know, when you you obviously get drafted off certain parts, but to get to the AFL level, there's a lot of work to be done and foundations to be built. You know, so it took me a couple of pre-seasons to really realise what that was. Uh, and then obviously on the flip side of that, injury, being injured. So I just remember the very first moment that I got injured, I thought, oh, I've done my knee and I'll be out for 12 months. I'll just rehab my yeah. knee for 12 months and I'll come back. And, and then I, after that, I thought, well, where's the football? I'll try and kick this goal and get off the ground. And, you know, and I'm, I'm five years down the track, mate, and, and only a week ago I spent six days in hospital, so, which is still related around the leg. So, you know, I, 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 thought, I'd be, uh, I thought I'd be rehabbing, a, you know, an ACL or a PCL or something like that. And here I am, mate, six, five, five years down the track and still uh, – six years, sorry. Six years down the track and still, still dealing with it. Yeah, far out. What do you have to do to be able to – because you, you function at quite a high level. I so saw you running around, kicking when you're coaching with the boys and you've got some good mobility. And then also, you you know, carpenter. So you're using your body, but have you ever had to do a lot of work to try and get to that point? Oh, so certainly. Think- Early days, I, I, I didn't really uh, comprehend as to what was going on initially. I had no ability to move my foot whatsoever. I couldn't move my toes. I was lying up in a hospital bed. It was the first time I had a small procedure on my hand in Brisbane for a tendon. Yep. And that was it. I'd never been in hospital before. I'd never been injured. I think I missed, you know, in the... So I was 15 when I started playing senior footy. And then I was obviously 23 when I finished. I reckon I missed the combination of probably 10 games, if that, through injury. Yeah. Yep. So I had a very lucky run. I felt like I was pretty resilient. And that probably comes back to the question before about the influences. My old man had a big impact on me in that way. You know, you, you played through pain, you played hurt. You didn't show anyone. You didn't show anyone. You just kept playing. And, you know, in the end, resilience. And then my time in the AFL built a lot of mental resilience on, you know, not necessarily getting selected and turning up to play and trying to put your best foot forward and continuing just to work hard, even though the results might not necessarily come or weren't coming in the senior sort of things you know that built my resilience through injury so early days was quite tough but yeah i, I just was basically get on with it really I, I i thought i really felt there was a point i couldn't tell you when but there was definitely a point after the initial injury where i thought you know i can feel sorry for myself here or i can just keep going and push through and, and sort of get on with things and I, I sort of subconsciously reckoned that i did that i just sort of got back to it and went back to work at the footy club and try to get around as much as possible, sort of said to my doctors and, and that early on, I just want to be able to go fishing by myself. I, I gave yeah. myself a small task. It wasn't when I come to the realisation of how serious the injury was, I thought I just really want to play, uh, sorry, I just really want to go fishing and be able to go fishing by myself. So, you know, that, I gave myself that little challenge and again, family was really good. My now wife, Katie, was with me at the time and 
we put a bit of a timeline together on surgeries and where I wanted to be. And yeah, I, you know, I came out of hospital in a wheelchair, still with the uh, exfixator. You saw the photo with me with the magazine. Yeah. I found the metal poles in my leg, yeah. which was, you know, a fair challenge. I, I, I tell this story. It's probably my favourite story. That I had to be helped to do everything. I, you know, I couldn't get in, in and out of bed. I was laid up. Obviously, I had the poles. I was laying. You know, I could only sleep on my back. I had to use a, a pee bottle. I had to be helped in the bathroom. Obviously, I've got my bits out, and you know, he, he raised me and changed my nappy. But I've got my bits out. I'm 23 years old. I've been living by myself in Brisbane. I don't have to tell anyone what I'm doing. All of a sudden, yeah. my old man's in there, and he puts a bit of shampoo in his hands and starts washing my hair. And I said, Dad, my, my arms are working, mate. My leg doesn't work. I can wash my own hair. Get out. So it was a bit of an experience for everyone. But I'm sure people that have been, you know, I was pretty injured, so I, I couldn't do a heap. And I really had to strip it back. As I said, I was independent. I was doing my own thing. I was being able to drive around and, you know, go even just to get up and go out and get a coffee or walk to the toilet, I wasn't, you know, unable to do that. I had to rely on people and I had to sort of strip back my own pride and make myself very vulnerable to let people do that. You know, the, the first time I went to the bathroom in hospital, you know, I obviously went number twos and the nurses come in to get it and they say, look, it's fine. you know, don't, it's fine. We've, we've seen this before. And I felt like saying, well, Actually, it's the first time that I've pooed into a bucket and had sick people come in to get it. So, you know, that, that sort of stuff that you don't really realise yeah. early days, you know, it's, it's very yeah. confronting, a bit embarrassing, but, you know, you've got no other option. you just sort of got to get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. And yet, transition from playing to coach, at that stage you were a player coach. At what, how long did yep. it take for your rehab to get to the point where you could you come back as coach? I think, so I had surgeries along the way. I, it was, yeah, I learned a lot. Which is a crazy, a crazy number as well. How, how many operations did you have? I remember the, so one I had the 20, of that on the list. 25, yeah, 25 operations. Yeah. So there's been a few to get That's me back crazy. together. But, you know, again, there's a, there's a people that I have to sort of commend for this. You know, the president of the footy club, John McCann, was fantastic, looked after me really well. The board supported me, support staff around. I've noticed that as we're talking now, Sammy Yee's just joined, funnily enough, while mm. I'm speaking about him. So, you know, I, I made... I feel like I made one of the best decisions about my coaching to a point of fitness coach, Jack. You know, I, I didn't claim that I knew everything about fitness and I felt like I had a pretty solid game plan and I wanted the guys to, to, to you know, follow that through. But I think the thing that made the difference with Glenorchy with my coaching was two things. Well, I stopped playing, which, you know, we, I didn't feel like they relied on me a bit, a forward of the footy. And the second thing is I got yeah. Sammy E to get the guys fit. And I, I think the best thing about Glenorchy at the time is we'll be able to sustain the game plan for longer than anyone else. We were fit, we were fierce, we tackled really well, you know. But I, and I had to learn the first year that I made some mistakes. I made a fair few mistakes. And, and as long as you learn from those mistakes, which I believe that I did, and as you mm. say, the transition, I, I, you know, I knew I wanted to be a coach. I still had AFL aspirations or higher level. Funnily enough, Andy Collins is now coaching at Box Hill, but was at yeah. Williamstown, tried to recruit me there. And the only reason that I didn't go there was just the job. You know, Glenorchy offered me the coaching side of things, which is what I really wanted to do. So that made that, you know, that made that decision. But yeah, it was, as I say, there's, it's the people that you get involved in footy clubs. The more I spend time around good football clubs, it's about the people that are involved. And it's, no one necessarily knows everything. It's just people have experienced circumstances or situations before and understand how to deal with them you know the more the more time i spend around good coaches it's the more i realize that they've seen everything before and yep. you know they've learned from it so they, they're able to handle certain circumstances so you know players messaging you and early days I, I got too involved in that and i started to learn you know that I, that I had to say certain things or deal with certain people in certain ways and really try to empower the leadership group which which you know they did in the end and they, they ended up making the decisions and 
we had a really tight knit group. And as I say, you know, Sammy E got these guys fit and, and were able to sustain the to sustain the game plan. And once we beat North Launceston, we were able to get the monkey off our back and, and get some success. Yeah, fantastic. And and then you, when did you transition to Box Hill? What was the change there? And what are you sort of what's your sort of focus in off season? You know, this time of year as a coach, how do you make the most of this time in the year? 2017, you know, the list was starting to change with Glenorchy and I, I knew that I wanted to get back to the AFL and I'll, I'll touch on that in, in a moment. So in 2017, had the conversation with my partner, Katie, at the time and we, we decided that we wanted to go back to Queensland or back to the mainland. So I, I applied for a fair few jobs uh, yep. and then Southport, I had a conversation with Southport and they had a senior assistant role and, and I jumped on it, you know, back to Queensland where, where we met and where I'd spent some time. And yeah, look, from there... We, we moved up there, which was quite interesting. So we, we took young Pippa and we, we moved up. We didn't, we didn't see the house that we were going to. We just, we got the guys at the footy club to go along and have a look. And we moved up and, was, you know, it was a good thing for <laughs> us. That. And Southport, Southport was fantastic. So I, I really enjoyed the NEFL. My One of my favourite parts about footy is the travel, getting away and getting along with the guys. And, you know, if you go to Darwin or, or Canberra or Sydney. So that was a big, a big part of the upside for me to go there. And then... Luckily enough, we got a good group of guys together again. As I say, the coach was very experienced in understanding the players and understanding the game, and we got some success, which was great. We won um, the first senior premiership for Southport and Neffel for a fair while. Yep. And then from there, I felt like I was a little bit out of touch with the AFL, and I, and I wanted to try and get involved in the system. So I applied for a few roles, and, and I came down and, and spoke to Max Bailey, the great Max Bailey at Box Hill, and they offered me the role. And, and again, Katie and I, after 12 months, packed up and, Moved again down here to Melbourne, not seeing the house and having someone else look at it for us and jumping in the car and moving poor Pippa and we dragged her down. So Katie yeah. and, and Pippa have, have been an incredible support for me and, and Katie's allowing me to follow my dream, which is you know, amazing. So yeah, we, uh, we came down and yeah, I got, got involved in Box Hill and, and I think the big appealing part was obviously the Hawthorne program and what Hawthorne's achieved in the AFL and, and just what they stand for. So. Yeah, look, look, it's it's an interesting time, Jack. I, you know, you've been fantastic through this COVID time. It's, it's unprecedented. We've never seen it before. And to keep the players engaged. And there were certainly times along the way that I thought, I'm not sure whether it's I'm older now, but I, I would have really struggled to stay involved knowing that there wasn't going to be any games. Sure. Uh, and our young group, you know, did a tremendous job. They kept themselves fit, ready to go. But now it's, it's a different, you know, it, again, the, the environment's changing. The VFL is changing again. The, the age group's changing. So there's going to be some list cuts. There's going to be some shuffles. You know, the coaching staff at Box Hill's changed again. We've got new guys on. As I mentioned, Andy Collins is coming in as senior assistant. We've got Sam Mitchell as coach. And we've got two guys coming across from Williamstown, Tim Proctor and Clay. So again, again, the players are most likely going to change. And we've just had some rule changes. So now there's three guys inside 51 in yeah. the goal square at all times. So I think with football... You know, early days, you've got to be able to adapt. And I've learned to adapt with what life throws at you. And I think that also helped me through my injury as well. So, you know, things aren't always going to go to plan. So the environment can change or the opposition can change. So you've got to be able to adapt. And I think I've been living a lot of life lately like that, just being able to adapt and go with the flow. So for us now, we're in a planning phase. I'm sure hopefully... Yep, the yep. VFL or the AFL will lock down the rules and what we're going to go with. But it's an exciting time again. It's an opportunity for me to grow and learn and, and just work on that CV. And hopefully one day I can get myself back to the AFL. And that's what I've realised lately is I've got plenty of time to do that. I don't need to rush. I'd much rather be prepared and be in there for a long time instead of a short time. For sure, for sure. And so Southport will be in this year, won't they? You'll see them. 
Fox Hill may play him. I will. I will see the boys. We may play yeah. him. We're unsure of the uh, unsure of the, yet. Yeah. Ross yet. We just saw Froggy Lester just joined. He's just posted a heap about Hamilton Island, so hopefully the big fella played golf up there all right. But, uh, yeah, um, we'll get a few. As I always mentioned before, Jackie, the travel is my favourite part. So, yeah, you know, the, the, the Box Hill boys have come together, but you, you come together that little bit more. We've seen what's happened this year in the AFL hubs and what Richmond did late. They, they banded together and got their season going. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, and hopefully, mate, we come away winners that day. I'm sure if we play in Queensland, the the boxing boys will find it pretty hot. But hopefully, I'll get the bragging rights over the sharks. Fantastic, mate. And we'll wrap it up. If anyone's got any questions, make sure to send them through. Jalen might be someone you've coached before. I've been doing a bit of work with Jalen actually, but he's come back at a ten years ago, a Queensland session. Remember a push-up challenge about ten years ago? What did you do to him? He still remembers. <laughs> yeah. He still remembers the big fella. Yeah, my, my favourite thing to do, it was a bit of a hot dog thing to do, but I used to get the smallest kid, used to get the smallest kid in the group or or and the biggest kid on the other side and ask everyone. I think I've done it at Boxy. I think you've seen it, Jack. And then last minute, I yeah. put, small, put the smallest kid on, on the back of the, the biggest kid and make them do the push-ups while I pump out 10 pretty quickly. So, yeah, I do remember the old That's push-up. I've, I've given that one a run a few times. That's good. Fantastic, mate. Oh, we might wrap it up, but uh, I think we've got one more for you. This one, do you know Toby Rose? Can Aaron comment on what's going on with his fringe? Yeah, Toby's my cousin. My fringe is covering the car parks, Jack. I've had car parks since I was a uh, since I was a little boy, so I'll just give it the old flick across the side. Nice, mate. And I've just been over in the neighbour's pool, so I'm pretty happy with how the hair's looking at the moment. So thanks very much, Toby. And this might be someone else that you know as well. This will be the last one. Are you going to fly in for St. Virgil's Reserves this year? The Virgil's, yeah, look. Virgil's. Uh, that's that's Big Simon. Another, actually, that that's a great point. And there's another part that I think about footy, and I think about footy a lot, is uh, life membership. And even though I was lucky enough to play in a lot of senior flags and been in a lot, involved in a lot of great organisations, one thing that really irks me, and it's probably the only thing that does irk me, is that life membership, you know, I'm really proud that we got Big Simon Spencer back to the Norgie Footy Club and he was able to play his 150th game and, and get his life membership and he's gone on to do great things. He's been coaching at some Virgils and turned the footy club around and had some big signings. I'm, I'm looking out to see if uh, Buddy Franklin's going to sign with some Virgils first there, Simon, before I, before I make my move. But yeah, life, life membership, Jack, it's, you know, it's a very, uh, very important thing, I think, in the football world and you know, it's, it's, a great, it's a great honour to have and as I said, it irks me. So hopefully one day I can get it as a, as a support staff as, as opposed to a player. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, well, thanks for jumping on, mate. Really appreciate you, you sharing not only your experiences, but, but also stories too. It was really insightful and I'm sure everyone that's watching, particularly the developing footballers, have picked up a few things that they can note down to help them along their journey. So thanks, mate. Good to chat. Thanks, Jack. Thanks very much for having me, mate. Appreciate it. We'll catch you soon. And see you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the questions. Catch you all. Cheers, Ace.